0: Hello and welcome back to Life in All Chapters. I'm Brandi Tabor. I'm Amanda Henson. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 4. We're going to be talking about stress and resilience today as a quality of life indicator because that's what our season is about, is quality of life, right? That's right. So just kind of to clarify, stress is something trauma, um, a bear in the woods chasing you, a sociopath, a narcissist, Something that stimulates a deadline. <laughs> a deadline. Something that stimulates that fight or flight response, and can be motivating, um, can be life saving, but can also be debilitating and cause health issues. Um, resilience is the ability to overcome that and to manage it, and to return back to your normal level of functioning. So, um, I you know what I've talked to two patients about this today, well, mostly resilience and meant to be how to manage that so what are your thoughts on it how does this relate
1: to your life amanda well actually i was just trying to figure out why trauma affects people in such different ways you know which one of the one of the answers to that is resilience and it's not indicative of of being a stronger person or, I mean, you don't have to feel like you're a weaker person because you've experienced trauma and you can't quite move on. That's not Mm -hmm. what this is about. This isn't a, this isn't to put anyone down is what I'm getting at. But I was curious just because there are times in life that you see people that have experienced similar traumas or similar stressors Mm -hmm. and they've gone about it in a completely different way and you just think to yourself, like, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. I have had friends that say... So
0: military personnel, perfect example, PTSD, right? I've had friends that will say that, you know, those those that have PTSD symptoms or people that commit suicide are weak. And they these are people that have been through same or similar circumstances, combat veterans, right? And the difference is I've been studying this recently and I've been watching um, some really good psychologists on the topic because I have a few patients, well, Everybody's had trauma, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but I've had I've had several that really are not as resilient. Not that that's their fault. I'm just saying they're not they're not
1: no finger pointing. They're just not recovering. as fast
0: as some people do. And you want to do everything you can to help them you know, and you don't want them to feel like this is the way my life is going to be forever, right? Exactly. So anyway, so I've been doing some research, seeing where where I can reach out and where I can find the resources to give them and the people to send them to because not every mental health professional is um, trained in trauma responses or, you know, they, they work on expertise in other areas. So you have to find those resources and in a rural area, it's hard. Anyway, let's go back to... So, interesting theory is that, and I can't tell you who or what the name of this theory is, I'm not that um, educated on it yet, but interesting theory is that with military personnel, they found that the majority of combat veterans or um, conflict veterans that came back with PTSD symptoms, they had previous traumas in their life, childhood traumas. So they're implied, And then the people that had the same experiences with no traumatic experience in their childhood that they could account for or identify themselves, they didn't have PTSD symptoms. So the theory is now that PTSD does not stem from the situation that you're currently in when it is triggered. It stems from a previous trauma that you are now projecting or responding to in the same way to that current situation. Does that make sense? Did I
1: just say that right? So what you're saying is that it's possible that that PTSD is not triggered from the instances occurring right now or just occurred, but it's a response to an unhealed trauma of the past. Right. So you never had the opportunity to
0: become resilient. You may have been functional, but you were never presented with, maybe you suppressed those emotions, maybe you disconnected from that as a child, maybe you don't remember it, but you never had the opportunity to be resilient. Yeah. So therefore, when another trauma comes along, instead of being resilient and recovering from that, you revert back to the previous response, which
1: is not resilient. Yeah, which is like similar to like antibodies. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, you get a vaccine or you get like chickenpox as a kid, Mm -hmm. so you develop antibodies and resilience to that disease. It's almost like the same approach with your trauma. And I started to laugh almost because there's a song that talks about like, I've never had to face this again. Like, thank God, Uh because I don't know how I would respond. And that's what made me think of was that old song from so, the 90s.
0: Well, one of the things that made me made me think about it is I have I have a friend who is on social media and, I don't know, maybe not a friend. I shouldn't say friend. Um, definitely not a patient. Do you even know this person? I, well, I do. Um, okay. Went to school with them. How's okay, that? Okay. Like an older acquaintance. I knew this person back in the day. But they're on social media and they actually admit I shouldn't say admit, but they're, they're very open about their mental health condition and they're a sociopath. Okay. Okay. And they have conversations with people about what that means. And the reason, the reason this intrigues me so much is because with most sociopaths and I don't know everything a psychologist is going to know about this. I'm just going from what I've heard, hear, experience, read myself, but you have The memories you have that are attached to emotion. You don't have memories attached to emotion because you lack the ability. If you're a sociopath, you lack the ability to form emotion. So things that have happened to you that should have triggered an emotional response and did not, you don't remember those things. And is this a symptom of lack of resilience in emotional or psychological capacity because did something happen to you that traumatized you, that shut off that emotional response somehow, that was your fight or flight response, and then now you have no emotional connection to certain aspects of your life, hence making you a sociopath. And you can't recognize other people's emotions because... You don't have those emotions. Yours were turned off. I feel like you're pointing at me. Well, actually, I was thinking about myself. <laughs> I'm not a sociopath, but. I'm not either. I, well, I was thinking about this and I was watching him talk about it and um, kind of had some information from psychiatrists and psychologists that he had seen. And I would say his name, but I don't feel like that's appropriate. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I. Anyway, it, it's a HIPAA well, thing in my head. I know he's not a I patient, but he's I just feel social, like. Social I feel like I shouldn't asked him. He doesn't have any privacy issues yeah. with it. I feel like I should ask him still. So okay. I'll ask him before I, and maybe I'll put it in the comments or something. But anyway, I was thinking about this and I'm like, all the traumas that we had as children, there are several things that I remember, but I have no emotional connection to. We talked about this yes, last season. Did. And there are certain things that I don't remember. And when when I do have certain emotions come up, some of those memories will be triggered if that makes sense. Like they, that, they come yes, up all absolutely. of a sudden. And then I wonder, okay, is this is this my memory? Or is this, is this somebody else's um, projection of what could have happened? Because you hear a lot of stories about yourself as a kid and things like that. So I just wonder, like, at what point, how close, because I was very young, you were very young, how close were we to that breaking point
1: of our emotions being shut down? That's a very good question because Pretty damn close, I think. Yes, I think so too. I think, I think that, well I was I always say that I feel very, very blessed. I've I've lived yeah. I've lived through I feel like eight or twelve lives. You know, in I, I told you that I I've died a thousand times, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I do feel like sometimes I do have repressed memories. Mhm. You know, maybe it is a certain emotion or something to that effect that is bringing them up. That it's not; these aren't emotions or feelings that I have often enough, so they don't bring up these suppressed memories. But I absolutely remember things that I had no memory of for the twenty most, and some odd years. fucking yes. times too. And I'm right. Like, I've not thought about this for mm-hmm. over twenty years. It's something I didn't even realize occurred in my life. And then those memories come back, and it absolutely happened. And I do not think it's a false memory. Yeah, I think it's a, a real memory, and it still has holes. But I think I worked so hard to bury it for whatever. Yeah. But they're not even all bad. No, not I mean, all they're, bad. they're literal. they're just it, factual memories. Like, they're just memories. Yeah. So I don't know why they were suppressed. I don't know if they're connected to something bad. So in my mind, I was like, you better just put that in there too, just in case. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to think about right. it. Because that's, I don't like or to be there was artist.
0: no, there was
1: no purpose at the time to remember it. That's true. That memory wasn't connected to yeah. anything of significance.
0: And then suddenly, so it's back here filed way, way back, yes. and then suddenly it's like, oh, wait, hey, hey, I'm related to that. Let, yes. me, let me run up yeah, and like remind a, like you. Yeah, like a
1: series of, like, words, you know, where you say a word that yeah. connects to, and I guess maybe that's how our memories work. Yeah. So I know I've had some issues with it, but. Well, I would say,
0: I, I would have to venture to say that we are very resilient individuals, and in many aspects of our life. I would say that there are some that I still struggle with, because, you know, stress doesn't just affect One aspect of your life, you know, you're talking mental, emotional, so a psychological, mental, emotional, spiritual, physiological, and your physiological could go into, as well as your psychological could go into major subcategories, you know, immune system, mobility, functionality. Um, I was, I had a patient today, we were talking about women and where we carry our stress um, tension at. And it's usually in our thighs, our buttocks, our lower back. And I was, I always talk about the fight or flight response. And so you, say you have like, um, there's a cougar, right? Yeah. A, that's a pretty good scenario for our area. There's a cougar coming at you in your backyard and you have nowhere to go what your fight or flight turns on, right? So you're either going to try to get away in the best route you can, or you're going to fight the crap out of the cougar and hope you win, right? Yeah. So the other option, we don't talk about the freeze option. You either fight, you flight, or you freeze. The freeze is you go into the fetal position and hope and pray, right? Yeah. So in life, when you have a stressor, we talk about fight and flight, so... You either are fighting, so you get aggressive, you get argumentative, you get angry, you have those responses and you start to fight that stressor. Or denial could be a form of fighting, right? Or you flight and you ignore it. You know, denial could be a form of flight too. Or you um, kind of get into the flight response where your heart's racing and you have a panic attack. The freeze is the real catatonic panic attack, and you go into a fetal position. Well, if you picture a fetal position, there's a lot of back strain in that, depending on the situation. Yeah. You know, and what are the main muscles used to pull you into a fetal position would be your larger muscles, your back muscles, your abdominal muscles, your thighs. So that's where you're going to carry your stress, maybe. I don't know. That's just, that's not scientifically proven, obviously, but that was kind of what I was... That was that was my thought today. I'm like, where, what does the fetal position have to do with this, and why are we carrying our stress in the
1: middle of that, at that hinge well, of the and, fetal position? You know, the fetal position is a primal thing. Mm-hmm. That's not that's something your your brain does,
0: mm-hmm. no matter what. Well, that's when people go into a catatonic, like exactly. uh, schizo schizophrenic state or yeah, catatonic just, depression.
1: Fetal position. Yeah, it's just it's something that you could do it probably whether your brain was functioning properly mm-hmm. or not. I mean, it's. I know, I'm a fighter. I'm I'm one that will get argumentative. I'm one that mm-hmm. will get... And I had a dog come at me the other day. And... Oh, you were going to fight the dog? Well, listen, you know I'm afraid of dogs. Yeah. I, I mean, I am. I'm afraid of dogs. And this dog was coming at me, barking, snarling. Its hair was raised up. I mean, it is charging me. So I thought, well, I can run and get tackled from behind by this dog because it's a big old German Shepherd and it's going to take me out. Or I'm going to have to fight this freaking dog because I'm not just going to let it... Yeah, I had nothing. I didn't have a gun, for some reason. So I was just gonna rip its tongue out. I don't know what else to do. But what happened? Uh, the owner was finally able to recall it. Yeah, but it took it took a long. time. Well, the best
0: thing you can do, Amanda, is stand your ground. That's with what your I dog. did. I mean,
1: I, I I was at it. I was and just like,
0: it's like when you come into the house, when you just walk in and you show confidence, my dogs don't bark. No, they didn't bark at you. They didn't bark at me, you, know, bark at you no. last time you came no. in. No. But if you just walk in, they're not going to bark at you because you show confidence that you belong where you're at. Your scent is familiar to them, so they're going to believe that, yes, you belong here. Now, if you knock on the door, you hesitate when you come in, they're going to react like, something's wrong with you because you're not acting like you belong here. So they're
1: like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, and this dog knew it was my yard because... Mm -hmm. I love watching the, the videos
0: of the it's delivery people.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Like, manhandling
0: dogs and telling yeah. them, like, just sit down, you're a bad dog, or something. <laughs> or just playing with them, because they are, like, really aggressive looking, and then they're yeah. super cute. I love watching those videos. Well, you know, I go to people's
1: homes. I know, To yeah. different people, and I'm just like, you're a good dog. Like, I don't ask it, I tell it. Like, you're a good dog. <laughs> like, sit down. <laughs> I'm reassuring you, you're you know, a good dog. You don't you know. want to do this. You're a good dog, and I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> But I am afraid of dogs. I, you know, I, I got hurt by a dog when I was a kid and it's, it's traumatized me, I guess. And mm-hmm. I just, no, I mean, I don't just let it be crippling. I'm not I'm just afraid of random dogs. Yeah. But when that dog was charging me, well, let very afraid. let's go
0: back. Like, the trauma from being attacked by a dog as a child was not just a random dog. This was your pet. Yeah, it was our dog. That was defending, thought it was defending and was in a dog fight. Yes, and I was and in the middle of it. You got in the middle child. of it as yeah. a child and literally had to have like 18 staples that was a lot. in your head that was and i a mean lot. you were little like yeah. 3 or 4 right yeah i wasn't so, in school yet so i just remember the stories obviously i don't yeah, remember no, and them. i don't remember
1: it either i just remember what mom told me but Ma- I was a mom kid, was like
0: 18 staples or something in your head in she's running house. up the street cuz yeah. she didn't have a car so that would be traumatizing not yeah. only did it happen to you but it was your household pet yes and because and, like i said i if you
1: if you listen, i didn't get attacked by them hurt by a dog right which to me is it's an important difference yeah because i'm not afraid of dogs i'm not afraid of violent dogs i'm afraid of dogs yeah because having that experience that dog would never have hurt me there's always potential i got hurt by a dog that didn't didn't mean didn't hate me didn't not like me wasn't trying to do anything to me so i think that's where my fear of dogs comes from because it's not a fear of so, having a dog dogs. around means potentially something bad could happen. Exactly, absolutely. Like, and I hear
0: you say about the
1: grandkids and worrying I, I about them. I do not and, like dogs unsupervised around my grandchildren yeah. because the best dog in the world can inadvertently injure a small child, and that, that's just yeah. a fact of life.
0: Well, that's kind of responsible pet ownership. I always keep our dogs up when people are here. Well, I shouldn't say always. I let, like, Luna, I'll let out when the kids are here. The but, worst thing she's going to do is whack a tail, in and the you're face. also present. And Most control of, the time. of your animal. That's, oh, yeah. And it's only for is, a few minutes yeah. so they can love on her and give her hugs. And then she
1: goes right back to her bed. But And I'm aware that my fear might be a tad irrational in some ways. So you didn't have yeah. any very good resilience to that situation? No. No. And I mean, I, I do try. <laughs> I don't need to laugh. No, it's but true. Just I'm, scared <laughs> of, I'm scared of dogs, man. They freak me out. Like. Yeah. They're just, they're animals. I'm mm. scared of animals. You know, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm petrified of little dogs. Not like. I shouldn't say pet, I mean, I'm pretty petrified
1: of other people's little dogs. Oh yeah, I have a little dog he's a jerk. Oh my gosh. Like, he will bite you? He's so stupid. I love him. I just, they're like sleepers. Yeah, but he you will know? bite. Like I, I won't say I'm afraid of him, uh-huh. but only because I know I can take him. You know, I mean, I know I can defend myself against him. If I, if he bites me, it's not going to severely injure right. me, but I'm afraid. I am afraid of your dog. You
0: know what I read the other day? Somebody had made a comment about, and obviously I don't think this has any um, scientific backing, but somebody made a comment about women who are traumatized prefer larger breed dogs as a defense. Um, which I don't think that's true, but I could see why... Women who are traumatized that, like large breed dogs, would get a dog that has a, a reputation for being defensive. I, but I, your
1: dogs don't defend you unless they're trained. No, but I, I started to say I don't disagree with you. Because while I'm afraid of dogs, I'm not afraid of my own dog. Yeah. You know for a fact I have a very mean big dog. She will bite you. but, but you she's, know, not, she's not aggressive. But I mean, like, if you walked up and slapped me, she yeah. would bite you. She would tear your arm off. Dogs are not... Tr-
0: their, their instinct is to retreat. Yeah. From danger. Most dogs will not go move forward into danger, even no. if their owner is in, at risk. Not without being trained. If your owner retracts, you're going to retract with your owner. Right. Well, so you, you have f- to treat... My point is to train your dogs. If you think your dog's going to defend you, make sure your dog is trained. To One, defend for you. safety purposes, because you chose this type of breed. And two, to make sure that if somebody does come into your house they actually do pursue that person and not re- retreat with you, with you. Yeah. because
1: your dog should stay in the yeah. and stand its ground while you if that's your goal with your dog your dog right. may just you be a companion have, right. animal and that's great that's my dogs are it, my dogs are they own the house they're, they're we're yeah, masters they're, <laughs> yeah. no uh my, my dog is very are much there are masters i mean my dog is very much a guard dog if if she felt that she needed to protect me, she would stand her ground and protect me. Mm-hmm. She would only retreat if I told her to. Yeah.
0: I think so. there are certain breeds that probably you have a higher chance of them stepping into and defending you in a situation like that. But even those breeds have to be trained.
1: They do because we're off. To, if we're, we're way off. off. <laughs> what is off? <up>? Well, <laughs> the dog drama. <laughs> Sorry. We do this every time. I'm just kidding, so let's so.
0: talk about stress and resilience a little yeah. bit before we run out of time. So. So different types of stress, um, you know, we've talked about trauma a lot, You illness, you know, if you do long COVID. Oh, is man. A, yeah, it's, it's a huge stress response that really impedes your resilience. And, you know, having multiple health conditions is going to make that resilience even harder. So that's a stressor, and that affects all areas, not just your physical area. It
1: does. You know, so You know, illnesses and divorce. Divorce. I feel like divorce oh, yeah. is something that a lot of people have a hard time. Death in families. Yes. Any kind of loss, I guess, really. Yeah. Community losses,
0: you know, look at all yeah. the school shootings and oh things God. like that. So those community losses and
1: well, even your your stars, the first thing I said today when I got here was that Leslie Jordan passed away today and mm-hmm. Oh, like a you, huge following. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just somebody that... you I don't know the dude. Mm-hmm. Except that I know him from TV, movies, social media. I mean, but it affects, the, it affects people. And not me specifically. I'm not going to suffer. But people will... There's going to be people, a void, though. When there's a void. Watching that, that material, there's going to be a void. Well, and the, the world has had a loss. Yeah. You know, anytime somebody that has influenced your life in one way or another... Whether it was they made you laugh, because we all know that laughter is important. You know, it's...
0: I think we do this a lot, and we do it with, we do it with traumas, and we do it with um, losses and grief of all sorts. We weigh it as if everybody, like, this person's is worse than mine, or mine's worse than yours, and we compete. And there's no weight to it, because when you think about it, this is an internal, a very impersonal thing And that's where the weight is. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, me knowing that John Smith, famous person A, died. And that void in my life from not getting to watch their new movies or their new this or that isn't, is worse than their spouse's loss. Yeah, and their family. I'm not going to say that. No, it's not like that. But, I don't know their spouse. Their spouse's loss yeah. is not going to affect me three days from now. My void will. Yes. So while I'm not going to wait, my loss as bigger than theirs, but it's still mine, and It's still, I'm the still one mine, that's, and I'm still so yes. it's still valid. Is the point? It is valid. And the it's other valid. Thing is, I'm not going to say obviously, obviously,
1: I would feel is valid, but, like
0: theirs is way more valid than
1: mine. But no, but in, also in saying that, I feel like I'm the kind of person that absolutely can feel empathy, and. The weight of that hits me as their family now has this loss, so now I'm grieving mm-hmm. for them because. And the I'm, closer it gets to you on that chain, I always picture
0: a tree of life. Yeah, and the closer it gets to you on, the more
1: impact it has. Yes. Well, and I think too it it depends on the situation because I feel like when someone dies unexpectedly, like mm-hmm. this person died in a car accident. So that's something that you take to your own heart, and you think, well, that could be anybody. That could be my right. family. That could be my, you know. So, so the context, and, and and you just start feeling for their family, like how you know they thought they'd see this person tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not like they had a long illness and they were expected to, mm-hmm.
0: you know. And
1: you're kind of like me; it automatically goes into
0: worst case scenario for what if that was my spouse? Exactly. What if that was my and it just brother. makes you feel what all if all that these was things. my sister. So it just makes you feel those ways. I was crying on the way home today because of that school shooting in St. Louis. And I'm not not going to get into the school shootings because I'll go on a political rant. And gosh, God knows we don't have time for that today. No, I'm not going to minimize people's
1: pain over politics. Me either. either.
0: Me either. But I was... I just can't help but feel like the closer it gets the harder it is to even
1: fathom and it is so close right now i mean that's not an hour drive from here no and it's just you know so obviously our our
0: prayers our hearts our energy goes out to all of those people affected today and every day because it wasn't just one school shooting in st louis today was it no it was two
1: yeah so two you know in one city two people it felt like they didn't have any other option than to go harm other people as a whatever as a response reason. to their trauma. Mm-hmm. For whatever their trauma was. And let me tell you something. There are a lot of ways to heal your trauma, and that is not it. No. There is never an excuse to harm another person. I don't care if that person did harm to you. I just can't imagine what breaks in someone's soul or someone's mind. That they just, wanna, that that they you just, can want, just want pain to. and death on another human soul. Think about
0: it. So... You know what comes to my mind is I remember, and I don't know if you remember this specifically or not, but I remember mom's ex trying to run her over with a car yeah. when she was pregnant with our little brother. Yeah. And almost hitting all three of us until mom pulled us into the bushes behind that tree on the house by the railroad tracks. You remember? Yeah. And I think I look back at that moment because that moment... I wouldn't say haunts me. I don't have an emotional connection to it. I'm not even angry about it. But I look back on that moment, and I'm sure you have different emotions than I do. You were a little bit older than me too. But you're always a little bit older than me, just so you remember. But I look back and I think, what is wrong with that man that you would harm the person you built your life with? And if somebody is capable of that, that the person you're supposed to love in their children. Yeah. And, and one somebody, of the, in your own child. Yeah. If a human being is, is capable of that, I'm not surprised that they're capable of harming people that they don't know or the people that they feel have harmed them. But what the heck is going on? And I would love to hear from a listener if they have like psychology background. or I would too. And I've read and I've... But I still
1: cannot... I would love to hear from a psycho. Me too. If you 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 feel the need to harm people or you've harmed people... You know our emails. I would absolutely love an email about why you think it's okay. Why you think that... I would love to know what drives you... To that point. To do that because... What point do you decide my life is
0: more important than that person's? Now, I could see in a personal defense situation... I'm pretty sure, and I won't know until I'm brought to that situation, but I have been came pretty close to several situations where I thought, I'm going to have to get my gun and defend myself.
1: No, and I don't ever want to do that. However, I absolutely will defend myself.
0: Luckily, nothing has ever came to that. But I think that I have that mentality that it's me or you, it's going to be you. I'm I'm not going down without a fight. And And if I do go down without a fight, you're going to remember how hard I fought you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and so, the other thing is, I'm going to be... Well, for lack of a better word, I'm going to be pissed off. If I have to shoot you, I am going to be so pissed oh, off. Oh, could you imagine the emotions I that come with that? I do not ever want to have to do that. Yeah. I mean, I will. Like, I you hope, will not hurt me and my family. I hope that I'm but,
0: capable of it.
1: Oh, I... I, I will say with 99.9% surety, if you tried to hurt me or my family, you're absolutely done. Yeah. Because I have a strong self-preservation instinct and... I just am not gonna. I'm pretty it, sure I do. If too. you don't just kill never. me first, I'm going to kill you. I'm. You're. I love me. I'm not gonna let anything hurt me. But at least to the point. I mean, obviously, if I can subdue ability. you, I'm gonna well, subdue you. But well, you know what? Though that's not true. If you're coming at me and I think you're gonna kill me, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off. That's all there is to it. Because I will not let you get close enough to try it. I am not that strong anymore. I cannot fight you off. I'm Forty-one years old. I cannot. I. I cannot. So don't come at me. I think. Well, obviously, if they're coming out with you with deadly force, as well, well that's what I mean. Like, if, if I'm not, if I'm truly terrified, yeah. do, I'm not saying if you shove me, I'm not a psycho. I do not want to kill people. But I mean, if you're coming at me with a gun or a knife right. or something, I'm going to take it out. Running at you with a knife yeah. and I'm telling you I'm going to kill yeah, you. No, I'm. Uh,
0: and you have a gun in your hand and I'm access gonna, to it. You're going to use it to defend happen. yourself. I am, because and you're going to do it with deadly force because I'm going to make sure you stop.
1: Well, because if you if you keep coming, yeah. I will not, I will not. I just don't know. I
0: have a strong self-preservation. I don't know that one, I mean, and I really, you don't know until you're in this situation. But I don't know with 100% certainty that one, my muscle memory will be there. Two, my ability to manage the situation is going to be controlled well by myself. I hope that it is. And I hope that I've trained enough to defend myself. But you really don't know until you're in that situation. No, I'm well, And you can only yeah. imagine what you would do and hope that you are going to be able to shoot somebody in between the eyes. No, should they you're... be coming at you
1: in, with deadly force? Well, actually, I would probably go for a body shot because I'm more likely to get that. But <laughs> No, you're right. Because I'm yeah. afraid I would fumble. I would make a mistake because I would be scared and nervous. I do know
0: one thing. If I, if I pull that trigger, I... I don't think that I would stop until it just stops. I don't think I would I think either. you would just go into a point where I don't every, like every. Well, in every training session, what do you do when you shoot your gun? And obviously, I don't recommend anybody using a gun for self-defense unless you are trained. But when you do, when you're training, when you're at the range, or when we're out here shooting,
1: what do you do? You empty the magazine. No, and right, it, and I'm not. So, where's your, your muscle you memory going to be? No, and no, I'm not going to stop yeah. until you stop because I'm not going to let you hurt me.
0: And if you don't have muscle memory to reload and you're in a situation where you do have to reload, are you yeah, going to remember fumble to? around? Right. Yeah. So you have to train so that you get that muscle memory. We've went all, We're way all, all over, over the place. place. We need to all go place. back to stress and resilience. So yeah. stress, resi- you know what though? <laughs> resilience does apply to this because you're in the middle of a scenario where you have to be resilient in the middle of your stressor. Yeah. And that's
1: the key. It is the key to stay so, focused and on what you're doing. Well, hopefully, I hope anyway. to God I'm never in that situation. I don't know why I would be. You know you're going to go viral for what you just said about shooting people. I don't right? care. <laughs> and I don't, want to, I don't ever want to shoot somebody. I hope to God nobody ever comes at me. Please do not. Because I do not ever want to do that. But I do know that uh-huh. I will not let you hurt me. That's all there is right. to it. I will not let you hurt my family. No, I,
0: I I hope that I, I I have
1: that mentality. I just hope I have the well. I hope I have the ability. Not, the ability. I'm not saying superwoman yeah. by any means. I'm not saying that because I'm the first one to run towards danger. I am a dumbass. I have to tell you, listen, one of the hottest things in the world,
0: and I'm about to get blasted <laughs> with some comments here. One of the hottest things in the world for a man is the ability to react and defend in a situation. Yeah. I have the hottest husband in
1: the world when it comes <laughs> to that.
0: That man is so... I don't want to say reactive because it sounds kind of explosive. Um, he's observant, though. He's observant. He's very tact tactical in his movements. And he's agile. And it's like watching a lion jump up to... Defend its pride, or yeah. watching it even like go for prey when it comes to something. We had a situation the other day, and he jumped up out of bed. I was half asleep, and he was at the front door and ready to pounce. Before, and I thought, man, I picked the right one. Yeah, and I thought I was I was still in bed, didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I had no- <laughs> This is, this is where my self doubt comes in because I was just, what's going on? <laughs> Half one eye open, you know, trying to get the sleep out and not going. Like that,
1: you know, like you have that yeah. feeling in your yeah. mouth and you're like, am I really awake? Is <laughs> it usually, I'm usually that's me. I'm the one that heard something. I'm the one that's up. I'm the one that's in yeah. action. I will always be the first. I am usually, not, too, but it's not, always something stupid, yeah. like, uh, you know, the chip bag fell off the counter or something. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, we have cameras and the monitors in our bedroom, so if I wake up and I hear noise, I can see outside. And there's been people in the driveway, people, and I'm up, I'm doing it, but not that my husband can't defend me. It's not about that. Right. So it's about that I've always just been so responsive
0: I'm like the lion. to lion. Yeah. I'm the
1: lion. I will jump up and I will rip your throat out to protect my husband. Yeah. Because I see him as value. You know, when I lived alone, any and every noise would wake me up.
0: And for the first few years we were married, I was up with everything. And and I'm not saying you don't feel secure with Jerry. I'm just saying... No, it's just a
1: different personality For me,
0: for me, calming me down shows how secure I am with TJ responding yeah, to things. Does. And because, you know me, I'm a jumpy critter anyway. Yeah. But I, I, I've turned that down a whole lot, though, that course i have a different mentality about things because i'm just like yeah anymore if it happens mm. it happens I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little more laid back than i used to be and i don't have i don't have and not that i don't love my kids i love them and i would do anything in the world for them but you have a biological response that's true to defending yours that's true where mine is a learned Does that make, does that make sense? I'm not saying it's not a physiological love. I'm, there's absolutely a a neurochemical reaction to my kids, but yours is
1: different. And there's no
0: denying that,
1: you know. It is very primal. It's very, I will cut your throat because you try to go at my kid.
0: If we were in a situation, it was me and the kids' mom together, while I would react. She would definitely react a lot quicker and in a different way to different situations than I think I would. Absolutely. You know? And not that you wouldn't, because I would do. Yeah.
1: I have stepchildren. There's and some I instinct would absolutely in there. defend them no matter yeah. what, but I do have that biological drive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like, you know how they say twins have that connection? They don't even have to be together. The energy cores. But I feel like that with my kids. I yeah. feel that strong, even the ones that are grown and moved out, I feel that strong. It's not as I intense. I need to check as, on them. Yeah, and it is not mm-hmm. as intense as the one that still lives with me because I feel that she's still young. I still have to, you know, she's still in my home. So if somebody's in my home, I have to make sure that I've protected my child. Right. So I, that brings us to a
0: good point here with stress and resilience. Because when your children have a stress, when somebody you love has a stressor, that impacts you and your ability to be resilient recovering from how it impacts you. And also, you have to be more resilient so that you can react to giving them, by giving them what they need from you. And if you're so stressed out from their stressor, you can't be
1: resilient to help them be resilient. Did that make it sense? It makes 100%. Okay. Because I will tell you, that's why my grandson and I had an issue, I think. I think our bond was damaged a little bit because right after he was born, she was so sick. She hemorrhaged. She lost all that blood. Mm -hmm. So are you worried about. And they hand me this baby. And I don't give two shits about this baby right now. Sorry, Will. I love you. But (laughs) my baby needed me. And they're taking her away. And they shoved me this baby. And while I love him, he's okay. Yeah. So all I can think is, I don't want this. I need to go be like, somebody take this. And I know he feels that. I know he felt that. He felt that he felt that I didn't want him in that moment. I didn't want him. I wanted somebody else to take him because I wanted to go he was daughter, save her. Not yeah. because I didn't love him, but like I said, because he's he wasn't fine. the priority right yes, now. Yes, he's fine. He's yeah. He's, he can go anywhere. You can lay him on the ground. I mean, he's fine. She needed me. I mean, yeah. she lost almost her entire blood volume. Like she.
0: Yes, folks. You know, just FYI. Uh flashback to rv wade
1: women do still
0: (laughs) die during childbirth
1: yes and she almost did it was freaking awful it was freaking awful to see your child suffer that way Mm. as much as i love her kids and i part of me wants her to have a hundred more kids because she makes such great kids i don't want her she's such a great mom i (laughs) I don't ever want to think of her pregnant again because she almost died yeah and that was her third baby she was good at it by then she knew what to do the doctors knew what to do she's in a doc. she's in a hospital With doctors everywhere. State-of-the-art equipment everywhere. And she and almost And she died. still almost died. And they still made mistakes because my blood was right there. We had the and same you know, blood type. Everything matches. They still didn't do that. And let's just be
0: clear that this was a more advanced hospital in Missouri. Yes. Not every hospital in the United States is this advanced. That's true. Very few of them are. Absolutely. And she still was that sick. And, I mean,
1: we have got... So, it, Open your eyes, people. Yeah. Childbirth is always dangerous. Not
0: everything is equal, but some risks are across. It does not matter your socioeconomic standing. Not that this does. This does affect. Socioeconomic standing does does, does affect that. But what I'm saying is these things can still happen regardless of where you're at. If she wouldn't have been in a hospital, she would have died.
1: Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well,
0: I know for a fact they're still here. They were at my house yesterday and all my snacks are gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <how I>
1: <laughs> every bag of chips you can have 50 bags of chips every bag of chippies oh i'm telling you oh. uh,
0: that little boy he's something else He just hey 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 tj had he had tj run in i made him cry he and then sophia yeah. looked at me and she's like
1: aunt brandy you're just like mom he doesn't like you <laughs> yeah he, i got this little nose stuff another mom yeah another mom I got this little nose stud, and he found it yesterday, or yeah, oh. yesterday, the day before. We were at that hayride, but he ended up riding with us. Did he rip it scared. out? No, but he, it guess the light reflected so he saw it, and he poked it. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's my nose. <laughs> well, he poked it so many times. I had a nosebleed all night long. I could oh not my get gosh. my nose to stop bleeding because he kept poking it.
0: He's such a ham. A little turd.
1: He's so hey, hey,
0: hey. I just love him. I love the girls, too. Oh, yeah. man.
1: We're going to have a camp out soon yeah
0: okay so we got to get awesome to your topic, icebreaker yeah. because we're we're getting ready to close this um, I don't, we don't
1: even have anything oh, good let's, today let's I got let's hit
0: let's hit topics on what you can do to help your resilience real quick okay like give three things that you do to help resilience or manage stress whatever um,
1: I, I self care self care most importantly I, I take care of myself I do yeah. anything you're and so good at it too I am I take well because I can't from an empty cup. Right. And I give so much. I, I'm always I have in the middle of four different events. Let me rephrase that. You
0: are very you're better than most people, but you still could be better for yourself. Well probably but we all could.
1: That's a yeah. socioeconomical thing there. Because <laughs> <Or laughs> so- I absolutely <laughs> would be <laughs> if I could afford to do more self care I would. <laughs> no, but really you me can't too. pour from an empty cup and I do so oh, much. Man. I just finished two big events for different charities and I'm working on two I was working on four at a time. I'm down to two right now, mm-hmm. but I just popped up a third one, of course. So, anyway, I'm always doing something. Plus, I work two jobs. I'm very busy, so I do whatever I can to take care of me. Right. I want my nails done. I want my feet done. I want my hair done. Whatever it is, I go away for weekends with my husband. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. I drink too much, probably, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's probably actually not good self-care. Don't do that. That's, that's In moderation, advice. folks. In moderation. In moderation. Um. <laughs> Anyway, self care is the, my biggest, yeah, anti stressor. And I forgive myself. That's a good truly. Point. I truly forgive myself. Yeah. I'm not saying I can do it right away. But forgiveness is always a process. Yeah. it's not a one and done for no ninety nine 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 percent. No, but I, and I will forgive you. Mm-hmm. I, whatever these people do to me, it doesn't matter. I will for I will eventually forgive you. Yeah, getting for around. Me. for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I, I forgive mm-hmm. you for me, and I. But I forgive myself, and those are my biggest things. I don't know if I have three, but yeah. forgiveness is for us, it not is. for the other person. It, it, you're exact, that's my point. When I say yeah. I'm forgiving,
0: seeking forgiveness is for yourself and the other person. And I did. Well, you but know what?
1: And I'm going to count that as my third because I do that too. Is seek it. Mm-hmm. I've been, and that's not, that's new for me. Admitting when you're wrong. I'm admitting when I'm wrong. I'm seeking forgiveness. I'm seeking forgiveness. When I don't always mm-hmm. think that I need it. Yeah. I'm trying to come up with some accountability for things that I've done inadvertently mm-hmm. that have hurt other people. So okay.
0: I like it. I like it. So I guess for me, mine is, one, I was really bad at this, I, you know, workaholic. Yeah. And you were always telling me, self-care, Brandy, self-care. Well, then when I started having the time and taking the time, I didn't know how to do it. So I, you know, we know I've explored all these different modalities and different things the last year and two or two. Um, But I would go into like this catatonic, this shut down phase, where like, okay, I got an hour, I'm just gonna shut down, and I'd do nothing. I'd stare out the window. Why am I doing that? That's silly. So anyway, so now one of one of the things that I'm working towards, and it's so hard with my schedule, but 250 minutes a week of purposeful activity. So that I can get those endorphins flowing, mobility so that my body responds well to stress. I love it. Then I have um, lower carb diet intake because cortisol is associated with high carb intake and cortisol is a stress hormone. And you don't want your cortisol levels out of control. And I'm about to explain this because I'm going to do your icebreaker for you. Do it. Well, it's not an icebreaker really. It would be an outside the box because it has nothing to do with socialization. But then the other thing is, is I meditate. I meditate quite a bit. And I use um, divinity. I use my guide um, tools, whether it's um, using my tarot cards and my ruins. But they guide me. They help me determine what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling it. Not determine it, but really process it. Yeah. And gives you an idea. A lot of people think it's about telling the future and being psychic and all this stuff. Those tools, well, some people use them like that. They're really designed as tools to help you guide yourself.
1: Yeah. You know, or, you can do all, yeah, kinds, of can
0: do all kinds of stuff with it. So anyway, so I use those, but so I'm going to do the icebreaker and I'm going to call it an icebreaker because it's kind of funny. One of the things you can do to help control your cortisol level and control your fight or flight response is submerge yourself in ice water. Now I don't advise that. Obviously, I, this is not, I'm not advising people to do this, but it is a considered a complementary and alternative method. You should seek professional help should you think oh that sounds like a great idea because if you have cardiac conditions right you need to check with your doctor your psychiatrist your psychologist see if that's right for you well anyway so i researched it because i've been watching these people do it and i'm like that's really cool and there's science that proves that it increases endorphins dopamine serotonin i'm talking really fast because i'm running out of time but anyway so i thought what if you just put your hand in ice water i So, (laughs) I'd wet the bed at night. I really would. (laughs) Well, I thought about this and I thought that's, and you're absolutely right. You would because you know what happens. Your fight or flight gets triggered, and what happens when you get scared? Your body's like, okay, I need to get rid of everything I don't need right now, and that includes urine and feces. All right. So just so you guys know, when people say I got the shit scared out of me,
1: yeah, it's a real real. thing.
0: pissed myself it's real so anyway so i thought about this and i i researched it i've been doing some reading and there are people out there that will use that as a training technique so basically they will and obviously you need to also okay this with your doctor and run it by them do your own research decide if there's something right for you but it's just something i thought about so i'm like i'm gonna try this did you do it i haven't yet i just did my research to decide i'm gonna keep you guys up to date but and let me know if you pee yeah, you have to submerge for yeah. like 10 seconds, like your hand, just your yeah. hand. So you just get that initial shock of a whole, like, and you want to withdraw. Well, instead of withdrawing, you you take control. Okay. No, I have this. So you're basically telling your... your you're telling everybody, no. Parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. your sub, subconscious, that no, I have this under control. You don't need to respond. And then eventually... The goal is, is that you gain control over that response so that when there is a, a cougar coming at you,
1: you gain, control of, you gain
0: control of your response and how those hormones are released in that moment and how long they take. Because it, it'll take eight hours for your cortisol level to drop under normal circumstances when it's triggered, even if it's for a split second. Okay. Well, if that happens at six o'clock at night, guess what? You're not sleeping that night.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know? So, and if you are, it's going to be crappy sleep. Yeah. So, anyway, so, but if you can gain control over that, how well and how fast can you recover? What is your resilience going to be? I love that. So, that's my question. I'm going to do more research. I obviously don't recommend this for anybody. And if you are intrigued, do your own research. Talk to your health professional because I'm not sure this is even backed by any science. (laughs) Don't try this at home. I am just curious if it works as a complementary practice. So... Don't try anything we said at home. Um, All of our stuff is just our own (laughs) opinion. Yes, it's my opinion, do not shoot anyone. If we recommended something, it's recommended by by us for us, not for you. So make sure you check it out and talk to a professional. Anyway, that's all we got, I think, today. Next week, we are going to talk about physical health. And we have some really good points there. And we actually do have um and ice for no it's it'll be outside the box next outside week the because box it's physical week. and then we may we may try to get a special speaker on here That'd we're awesome. still up in the air whether they're going to be able to join us or not but we hope that you guys will tune in and listen and until then have a great time